Welcome to the MS Gym Podcast, where we give you the tools to live life by design, not by diagnosis. I'm your host, Brooke Slick, and here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special two-part episode of the MS Gym Podcast. At the moment, Jody and I are on our usual summer podcast hiatus, but when author Dr. Terry Walls, the creator of the Walls Protocol, reached out to us to help share information about a new study she's working on, we were honored and more than happy to oblige. We both thought it'd be a perfect opportunity for us to host an episode together, too. And of course, we couldn't wait to share the episodes with our listeners. So you might be thinking, who is Dr. Terry Walls? What's the Walls Protocol? Dr. Walls is currently a clinical professor of medicine at the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine in Iowa City, Iowa. There, she teaches internal medicine residents in their primary care clinics. She also does clinical research and has published over 60 peer-reviewed scientific abstracts and papers. What gives Dr. Walls a unique perspective in her field is the fact that in 2003, she was diagnosed with relapsing remitting MS and quickly transitioned to secondary progressive MS a few short years later. At the time, she put her research-oriented brain to work and discovered that most MS treatments centered around drugs that were years away from being approved. Given that, she diverted her attention to the role of vitamins and supplements, which were readily available, in helping brain disorders as part of a treatment plan. She added to her research repertoire functional medicine, a biology-based approach that focuses on identifying and addressing the root cause of a disease. And from there, she started compiling a list of supplemental nutrients that would assist in brain health. Her aha moment came when she asked herself, what if she created a diet that would include those important brain nutrients, not from supplements, but from the foods that she ate? And the rest is Wall's Protocol history. In this episode one of two, we'll get a closer look at Dr. Wall's own physical decline and how she ate her way back to health and on to creating the now infamous Wall's Protocol. We'll also ask her about the new study she's working on and how you could be a part of it. So let's get started. Well, Jody and I have a very special guest today. Some of you may know her and some of you may not, but we certainly do. And her name is Dr. Terry Walls, the creator of the Walls Protocol, which so many people within the MS community are familiar with. We have her here today for two reasons, but the primary reason is to share a study that she is currently recruiting for that compares three different types of diets, which she will explain to us. But I thought we'd start off by creating a foundation you know, let's say you, you've never heard of Terry Walls. What's this Walls protocol? Well, we're going to let you know that right now. What you didn't hear in the summary, we're going to try to, uh, or the introduction, we're going to try to uh, touch on right now. But first of all, Dr. Walls, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate you reaching out to us and we're happy to help you get as many participants in your study as we can. Hopefully what we talk about today will resonate with so many of our listeners and, and we hope to help you out. Excellent. Thank you so much. You know, I think there's a, a lot of mutual love uh, and understanding that diet and exercise are profound uh, for anyone with MS or really any neurodegenerative disease. Uh, I, I'll very, very briefly tell people that I have my own personal interest in this because 
I have multiple sclerosis, um, which converted to secondary progressive, put me in a tilt reclined wheelchair. I'd gotten so weak, I could not sit up in a regular chair anymore. Uh, but I, uh, being a physician and a scientist, I went back to reading the basic science uh, and I became convinced that mitochondria were key, that nutrition was really important. Uh, and uh, that uh, as a former athlete, I always knew that uh, exercise was profoundly important. Uh, and so over the years, I tinkered with uh, my diet, with my exercise routine, and ultimately created a, a protocol focused on diet, targeted supplements, and exercise that stopped my decline. Uh, then to the amazement of my, my family and myself and my treating physicians, got me up out of the uh, wheelchair, got me walking again, and got me on my bike. And I was able to go back to biking, uh, completing, you know, basically an 18.5 mile uh, bike ride with my family. Uh, and of course that changes how I thought about disease and health. Uh, it would change the way I practice medicine, internal medicine. Uh, the VA uh, pulled me out of primary care, put me in the Trek Ranger Clinic, and we created a new clinic called the Therapeutic Lifestyle Clinic where we use those principles. Uh, the chair of medicine uh, said, what you're doing is so profound. I want you to do safety and feasibility studies, testing your protocol and others, which we did and published. Then we did several small pilot randomized studies, uh, which we published. Then we did larger randomized studies, uh, the WAVE study, uh, which was recently published last year. Uh, and that, then that gave us the opportunity uh, to do this very exciting study, uh, the efficacy of diet on quality of life. Fantastic. Dr. Walls, between the time that you began with relapsing remitting MS and transitioned to secondary progressive MS, what treatments, if any, what, did what I take? Oh, yeah. So I took, I took Copaxone. Uh, and yet the, at the time I was diagnosed, I'm still jogging, I'm still running, I'm still doing Taekwondo. So I, yeah, I'm still uh, quite active uh, at age 45. Uh, but age, uh, and, and so I took Copaxone right away. Age 48, um, I, I developed a lot of weakness in my torso, uh, severe fatigue, uh, and I'm in a total wheelchair using two walking sticks uh, for the very limited walking uh, that I'm doing. Uh, and at that point, uh, I started Novantro uh, based on my physician's recommendation. And I was thrilled to take it. Uh, I got to have some neutropenic uh, episodes. Uh, and that so I had chemotherapy. Because that's I chemotherapy, that because yeah. I've had mitoxantrum before and I know they're, I think they're the same. They're the Mitoxantrum. same. Yeah, okay. And, and uh, as, as you know, it's, it's intense. But yes. of course, I, I was thrilled to take it because yeah. I wanted to try and uh, stop my decline. Um, so after several rounds, my physician said, it's not helping. Uh, we don't want to keep hurting you. Uh, and so they put me on uh, Celsept. Uh, uh, and then they said, you know what? There's Tizabri. We're going we're gonna to give you Tizabri. So then I did uh, Tizabri and I was thrilled to be getting a chance to take Tizabri and mm -hmm. uh, I continued to decline. Uh, and then uh, from Tizabri, I went back on Celsept. Uh, and uh, that's um, when I was like, I need to read the basic science. Uh, and I started experimenting on with supplements. 
And, and you know, I designed a, a supplement cocktail for my mitochondria that I could tell if I was taking my supplements, my energy was a little bit better uh, when I went off to work, had a little more energy. Uh, and so I, I was thrilled with that. Uh, and uh, continued to read, continued to refine what I was doing. Uh, and then I redesigned my, my paleo diet. Uh, uh, and uh, found a physical therapist that treated athletes, worked very closely with him. And uh, that's when, as, as I am fond of saying, that's really when the magic happened. When I redesigned my diet in this very specific way, uh, and I was working with this uh, physical therapist, uh, that things changed. You know, and uh, I remember uh, Dave saying, Terry, you're getting stronger you're getting stronger. We're, um, we're going to have you start, he started advancing my mat exercises. And then uh, he had me uh, starting to lift weights, little weights, mind you, very little weights. <laughs> but you know, those little weights, uh, that's very exciting. I, and uh, I worked uh, very, very hard with uh, David and made some stunning levels of uh, progress. Awesome. So this creation of this formula, what yeah. exactly, what are the highlights oh, of, uh, and, and this is what is now known as the Walls Protocol? Yeah, so the, the highlights of the diet, I had gone, I'd been a vegetarian for 20 years, uh, low-fat vegetarian, 20 years, uh, and uh, my uh, physicians at the Cleveland Clinic introduced me to the paleo diet. So I'd gone grain-free, legume-free, uh, re-added meat again. Uh, and so that was a big, big change for me. And I did that uh, two years after diagnosis, continued to decline. Uh, and then in 2007, uh, I had had the supplement cocktail that I was taking based on my review of the research uh, and uh, the uh, things I'd read from the Institute for Functional Medicine, uh, which is more of an integrative medicine approach. Um, I had this aha moment, which I'm, I'm so embarrassed now that it took me this long to have this aha moment. It's like, you know, what if I figure out these nutrients that, that I now know are, are really important for my brain cells, my mitochondria, you know, where are they in the food? Where are they in the actual food? So that took me several more months to figure out. Uh, and so I had this, this now this list of foods that I needed to eat every week, uh, because these were the things that I had identified were really, really important. Started that December 26, 2007. Uh, and by the next end of the next month, I realized that my fatigue is less. My trigeminal neuralgia, uh, which had been uh, very troublesome for 27 years, was wow. remarkably less. Wow. I suffer uh, from the same. And so, you know, that's just really, really huge. Uh, and then in February, my uh, physical therapist says, you know, Terry, you're getting stronger. We're going to have you start lifting weights. And the other uh, thing that was huge, yeah, I'd been sitting in a zero gravity chair uh, at work and at home. I had been able to sit up in a regular chair to have my meals with my family for, for years. And I sat up, I felt strong enough that I could try sitting up at the table. So I, I was back 
to having my meals with my family. Uh, and then uh, in March, no, it was probably the beginning of March, um, I had a letter that I wanted to mail. And rather than taking my wheelchair, you know, and I had my walking sticks, you know, for short distances. And I thought, you know, I think I'm feeling pretty good. I'm going to go mail my letter. So I put the letter in my pocket, grabbed my walking sticks, and I walk uh, the length of the hallway in the hospital. You know, it's probably 400 feet. So I, it was, a, you know, a long haul. And people are like, oh, my God, Dr. Walls, you are walking. Like, you're walking. Because they hadn't seen me do that in a long time. Uh, so uh, that was remarkable. So now I'm sort of walking more and I'm, I'm beginning to walk in the neighborhood uh, 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 with my spouse, um, you know, and I, I am thinking, you know, we loved riding bikes. I loved riding bikes. Uh, and so I, I was saying to Jackie, do you think I could try riding my bike again? Because, well, you know, maybe in the fall, but you have to, if things keep going well. And, you know, a couple of weeks later, it's Mother's Day. And I decide that I want to try riding my bike. So we have to have an emergency family meeting. My kids do not want me to ride that bike because, you know, they're ah. afraid. They, they don't want me to get hurt. But Jackie agrees that we can try. You know, we, we get, uh, I'm down by the curb. Uh, you know, I, I'm on the bike, one foot on the curb, balancing. She tells my son, now you jog alongside the left. Uh, my daughter, you jog alongside the right. She's going to follow on her bike. We, we're all waiting for the all clear that there's no traffic. And Jack says, go. So uh, we push off. That was a huge moment, eh? Mm -hmm. it, I, I, I bike him out of the block. You know, my son is crying. You know, he's 16, so he's crying. Um, my daughter's uh, crying. She's 13. My wife's crying. I, I'm crying. Uh, it, and of course, talking about that moment is still so emotional because it, it was at that moment that I understood that the current understanding of secondary progressive MS is incomplete. And who knows how much recovery might be possible. Right. Um, so I, after that bike ride, I, I, every day I'd ride my bike, I'd ride a little bit further. And then in October, we did an 18.5 mile bike ride with my family. Wow. And once again, when we crossed the finish line, we're all crying, you know, but right. my family's crying, uh, I, I'm crying. I, and, you know, shortly after that, that my uh, chief of, uh, of medicine at the university uh, said, you know, what you have done is so remarkable. We need to see, you know, um, write up a, a clear protocol for what you've done. Uh, and uh, then uh, we'll get you the mentors. And I want you to do a safety and feasibility study to see if other people with progressive MS can do this complicated stuff that you're doing and right. what happens. Uh, and that uh, launched uh, my career in clinical trials because that was not the stuff I'd done before. I, I'd done secondary data analysis uh, kind of research. Uh, so I, I had to get a lot of mentoring uh, to do the stuff that I do now. Uh, but I'm like, oh my goodness, it, it is so rewarding. Uh, and then 
my clinical success, because going through this changes how I th think about disease and health. Uh, in primary care, I started talking to people about why diet matters, why exercise matters. And I could have these conversations because I was staffing residents and they'd be like amazed that in five minutes, I could convince people to eat these radical things known as vegetables uh, and to begin get, to get a step counter and begin moving. And wow. then the residents could see like, oh my God, it, you know, it, 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 it's working that people are losing weight, energy's improving, blood pressure's improving, blood sugar's improving. Uh, and then uh, I was in the traumatic brain injury clinic and my colleagues were saying, well, there's nothing we can do. You're either gonna get better or, or, or not. And I come in and say, oh my God, there's so much we can do to help your brain have the best chance at recovery. We gotta fix your diet. We have to fix your sleep and not with drugs, by the way. And we need to get you moving. And you know, I'd get about half these guys and ladies to do this stuff. And you could tell that those people were recovering. Right. Those people still had their jobs uh, in their families a year later. I, and so a couple of years into this, my uh, chief of medicine at the uh, VA said, Terry, I want to take you out of primary care. And I thought maybe it was because the residents were being sort of confused because here is this person who was teaching all this biochemistry that was really about broccoli and uh, turmeric as opposed to biochemistry about the drugs. But it was because they wanted me to um, run my own clinic. We call it the therapeutic lifestyle clinic. Uh, and then I went back to the pain clinic to specialty medicine and primary care and said, give me your sickest people that you're not helping but they need to know I'm not gonna be using drugs, that this is a diet and lifestyle clinic, uh, but we'll take, we want people who have pain you can't, you can't address and who have fatigue that you're not helping and who have some brain fog that you're having difficulty with. Those are the symptoms that we'll help you with. So we had just a few at first. Do you consider it healing? Is this diet a healing? diet? Yeah. You know, what, what I uh, convey uh, in my presentations uh, at the VA was we're working on creating health for your patients. You will continue to treat the diseases of your patients. You're treating the disease. I'm teaching them how to create health in a healthier environment for their cells. And because life is self-correcting biochemistry, the more uh, healthier the environment is, at a cellular level, which is all about diet, sleep, meditation, exercise, the natural healing regenerative capacity will begin to improve the physiology, lower the blood pressure slowly if it's high, improve the blood sugars if they're high, uh, and reduce the innate inflammation from the innate uh, immune system, reduce the oxidative stress, which we now know is calming the microglia, which lets the brain be in a more reparative mode. But we didn't know, we didn't know, and that we're fixing the microbiome. We didn't know that stuff back in 2011 when I'm doing all this stuff in my clinical practice or when I'm doing this stuff in our clinical trials. We just knew that we had stunning work results with me and really stunning results in our, in our first 
safety and feasibility study. Uh, you know, then we started doing our uh, small randomized studies that were also uh, remarkably positive. Dr. Walls, um, you, you talk about kind of changes in your diet, how you were um, vegetarian for 20 years, and then you made mm -hmm. um, some changes to that. And, you know, the topic of MS and diet is, is a big deal. And in the yeah. MS gym, we have over 20,000 members and and there's a lot of discussion because there are many, I'll call them like quote MS diets or MS lifestyles, and they're very different. Yes. Um, and I've, I've been on many of them from one extreme to the other. So I'm, I'm curious from going to vegetarian now to going, would you call your diet more of a, like a high fat, low carb, if you well, were to categorize it? So the, the way I would uh, call it, it's probably in many ways, looks a bit like a Mediterranean diet uh, because the Mediterranean diet uh, reduces added sugar, reduces uh, white breads, white pastas, has more whole grain, more vegetables, more fish, uh, more lamb, uh, more olive oil. Uh, so I'd say it, it's moderate fat, high vegetable diet. Uh, and if we look at uh, the diets that have been studied in the MS world, we've got anti-inflammation diets, Mediterranean diet, uh, uh, the paleo diet, uh, uh, um, low-fat diets, uh, calorie restriction, uh, fasting mimicking diets, uh, intermittent calorie restriction. Uh, and we've just done, our, our lab has just done a meta-analysis where we examined all of the published uh, randomized controlled trials uh, in uh, the MS diet world. I believe there were 15. Uh, all of those intervention diets are superior to uh, the usual care control. Or uh, so. It, it, uh, so one one thing we know is the standard American diet: pro-inflammatory, a lot of added sugar, a lot of white flour, um, uh, is associated with worse outcome. Improving your diet is associated with better outcomes. Now, some of these diets have a higher, uh, bigger impact, and I can't really tell you any more details until our, our paper gets published. Um, I, I can sort of comment on what I see as the common themes among many of these diets. Getting rid of the added sugar, getting rid of the processed food, eating more vegetables, not, particularly the non-starchy vegetables. Uh, that is completely common having uh, adequate protein, and whether it's a vegetarian-based protein or a uh, animal products-based protein, you need to have enough protein. And the fat, the fat, now this is really uh, pretty interesting. We know that we have to have omega-3 fats, omega-6 fats, because we like the enzymes to make that particular bond. And we need omega-3 and omega-6 fats in our cell membranes, uh, and uh, for some of our neurotransmitters and to make myelin. So absolutely critical fat. There's some evidence that suggests the ratio of omega-3 to omega-6 fats uh, is, is vitally important that you wanna have uh, the correct ratio. So if you go on a low fat diet, as long as you still have enough omega-3 and enough omega-6, if you have the ratio correct, uh, uh, that will still be very good for you. So the folks on a low fat diet 
who take a little bit of omega-3 fat supplements, whether it's uh, flax oil um, or uh, fish oil, uh, uh, they'll be protected. People who have a uh, standard westernized diet who aren't taking any omega-3 fats often have way too many omega-6 fats and end up being very inflammatory. Uh, and the other folks who are in some sort of dietary intervention uh, often as part of that dietary intervention are either taking a supplement um, or are more attuned and are, are correcting that omega-6, omega-3 ratio. So I, I think there are, there are a, a wide variety of diets that will probably be proven to be helpful. Um, and we have great information that the standard American diet is, uh, is part of the problem. It's very destructive. Right. How, uh, I, I'm pretty sure, and if I'm wrong, correct me, nightshades are, no, are not part of the wall. Yes. Is that correct? Yeah. And so so let me explain when I, th when I think about the walls protocol, because I, I work at meeting people where they're at. Mm -hmm. So my clinical practice, uh, in fact, I might let people do a Mediterranean diet because that's what they and their family can fully implement. Or we might do a gluten-free version of the Mediterranean diet. Uh, and that looks sort of like uh, a, a walls level one. Um, uh, or if they're open to being a little lower carb, we'll do uh, the Walls Paleo. We might do a ketogenic version, uh, particularly if they have insulin resistance. Um, if they are not responding as well as I hoped, and so the person says, you know what, I'm ready to be all in, to be as anti-inflammatory as possible, then I will have them do the elimination diet, which takes out all grain, all legumes, and nightshades uh, for three months. And then at the end of th three months, uh, then we start reintroducing things one ingredient at a time to make their diet the least restrictive. Because we find that some people will discover that uh, tomatoes are a problem for them or potatoes are a problem for them. Uh, and that, you know, they, if tomatoes are a problem, but I can do peppers and uh, potatoes, then tomatoes are all I have to leave out. Uh, and I've had uh, some folks discover that uh, beans and legumes uh, seem to be a problem, uh, but a lot of stuff they put them in a pressure cooker. So the, the elimination diet is more restrictive, it's more work, but the elimination phase is a temporary phase. It's not a permanent phase. So Dr. Ross, there's been so much talk, like I said, about all these different MS sites. And, and I look, hopefully it's okay that I share this Brooke is kind of doing more of a medical medium diet. And I am trying to, I've been on carnivore for the last oh. um, eight or nine months, just because I found that I was responding to FOMAPs. I was responding to oxalates and everything. And so now I'm actually working um, with someone to help me get back into vegetables, like through juicing and things like that. Um, in the kind of in the MS where like Brooke and I talking about things, obviously, um, for what she's following, she finds that a lot of fruit helps her. Mm -hmm. um, and whereas I do ridiculously high amounts of fat and obviously fat is cut in the MS world, but also in, in the world in general, when they talk about diet, especially saturated fat, like things like coconut oil or animal products, people are kind of scared and, and a lot yeah. of those things are villainized. And so I'm curious on your take on this, because you would 
mm-hmm. you know, obviously you would have had a lot of experience about when he's yeah. I've read your book and you talk about coconut oil and coconut milk and, you know, the other side of the spectrum who follow more of a vegetarian, like they, they forgive me for saying, Never. feel like coconut oil is like the devil. So that's are, 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 are very confused. Uh, uh, a lot of historical opposition to saturated fat uh, based on the uh, Ansel Keys work. There's a lot more awareness now that sugar is the bigger driver for inflammation and heart disease than saturated fat. Uh, there's with coconut oil, uh, some people will have elevation of LDL and will have elevation of the cholesterol. Uh, so anyone who's on a um, high fat diet, we wanna check their lipids uh, and be sure that their, their lipids tolerate uh, the fat that they're choosing uh, and that things are going well. I, I wanna make clear that in every one of our studies, and uh, we're on the eighth one right now, by the way, we follow the lipids and consistently HDL goes up Total cholesterol goes down, triglycerides go down, and LDL goes down uh, for, for, for the group. So the lipids um, are consistently improving. However, w- the group doesn't always predict the individual. So in my clinical practice, when I put someone on whichever diet that we're putting them on, I, I always want to get uh, a fasting lipid at the beginning and suggest a fasting lipid in three to six months afterwards to see how that individual responds. And then we make decisions there. We should all remember that we all began, you know, about 250,000 years ago in equatorial Africa, migrated around the world into very different ecosystems, eating very different foods. Uh, And so uh, humans as a race, we, we can thrive and have great reproductive success eating radically different foodstuffs. We may have genetic differences and microbial differences that will have me be more successful on the Mediterranean diet or more successful on a ketogenic diet or more successful on a paleo diet. Uh, Whatever diet that you wanna start with, remember it's just a starting point. You start there, see how you do, check your lipids, check in with your primary care doc, and then make adjustments. Uh, I would also make the observation in my clinical practice that the people who are the most successful are those who will do this as a family. So if as a family, what the family can do is the Mediterranean diet, then start there. If as a family can do the paleo diet, great, start there. As a family, you want to do the ketogenic diet, then I'm going to ask, do you have kids or not? Because I'm I'm very nervous about having kids on the ketogenic diet. Uh, And then I I would tell you, the adults can be ketogenic, but the kids cannot. So we have to work that that part out. Um, But if you and your spouse are eating the same meals, you're not cooking two meals, this, this is much easier to do. If you're trying to cook two meals, it is a huge struggle. It is a huge struggle because, you know, sugar... Processed food is designed to be addictive. If it's in front of you, certainly in the beginning, I assure you, you will eat it. If that food will find your mouth, you'll be chewing 
before you know it. So if you're trying to remove or reduce or eliminate some food, you'll be much more successful if you get it out of the house, which means your eating companions hopefully will agree to eat the same way as you in your presence and then have their special food away from you so you don't have to be tempted. It sounds like what you're saying, which it's important, is that not every dot, there's not one answer for everyone. And anyone who says they are, do not listen to them again. They are wrong. Just right. the evolutionary history tells us that, you know, we migrated throughout the world having to eat very different food stuff. So, of course, we can eat different things and thrive and have kids and propagate our genes. So of course there are many diets that will work for health. And there'll be many diets that will improve our health for MS. You know, Dr. Walls, that was really refreshing hearing you say that about, you know, how each person is different because I know trying so many of these diets, it becomes very rigid and it becomes like a, a religious or a moral conviction following it and saying, I'm not gonna break that rule, I'm not gonna have that, but it doesn't sound it like- It becomes very destructive. It can become it, yeah. very destructive. And then, you know, between the uh, physicians, um, you know, I, I, I have, um, uh, fortunately, th those of us who are doing nutrition research in the MS Society, uh, there's a group of us uh, who meet regularly. Uh, yeah, and I think the physicians we who are researching this, we all understand that there's not going to be one diet. There's never going to be one single diet. What we're probably going to show is that all these diets are beneficial. Some are more beneficial. And let's say it turns out the ketogenic diet is the most beneficial. Well, that's a hard diet to follow. Uh, and if the paleo diet is easier for you and your family to do, or the Mediterranean diet is easier for you and your family to do, even though the effect size isn't quite as large as the ketogenic diet, but it's the diet that you can do, for heaven's sakes, do the diet that you and your family can do. That's great to hear. That's great to hear because I think a lot of people do that. I mean, I do it. I don't eat the same thing that my husband eats. When our granddaughter is staying with us, we all eat three different things and it does. It gets exhausting. Um, that's interesting that you say how much easier it would be if you can incorporate it with right, the whole Right, right. So uh, that, that's a, a huge goal I have clinically with uh, all of my families is how to get them to agree that at the table, we're, uh, what what's the unified principle we'll have for the table uh, and how the other family member who uh, is going to have, still have the standard American diet may like to go out and have their pizza with their buddies on Saturday uh, and the patient uh, does something special with a different set of friends uh, so that the dietary preferences get to be uh, enjoyed by everyone in the family in a way that is mutually supported. Awesome. Mm -hmm. so, Plus it's nice to get dates with your friends. No, ah, that, that, can be, yeah. that can be really good for uh, families, uh, family relationships as well. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Walls, let's get right to it with your study. That's why we're here. That's what we yes. wanna hear about. And you're, you're currently recruiting. So of course we wanna share that with our listeners. What is this study that you are recruiting yes. for? Thanks for tuning in to part one of two of our interview with Dr. Terry Walls. Please be sure to check out the links in the episode notes to Dr. Walls' website page and books. 
Make sure to tune in next week when Jody narrates episode number two and find out more about Dr. Wall's study and how you can sign up to be a part of it. See you on the next episode.